1: With your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne. Covering all things Magic Basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic! What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is October 20th, 2022. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what's going on, bro? I've
2: got a lot of emotions today as we record this Jonathan I have a lot all right I, I, a ton from my personal life to obviously having a, over you know, over a week old week and a half old baby right now uh to it being my anniversary to uh going to a nice dinner tonight that really was like pre-gaming the magic game for me uh obviously as our anniversary dinner but there was a lot going on today and even after this game I've sat with the result for a couple hours now, Jonathan. And I just feel a ton of different things
1: that I really can't wait to unpack. So before we get into that, because there's, there's so much to get in, and it, like it's just a, a mix of emotions all over the place. I think a lot of Magic fans are probably feeling that way today. Uh, but I would be remiss if, if we didn't just talk about the crowd that was at Elixir tonight. So I just want to say a couple of things. So there were people that when we were setting up, The draft lottery watch party at Harry Buffalo, they had experienced the watch party the year before of us getting the fifth pick and the eighth pick, and they were kind of felt let let down at that. So we were getting messages that day like, oh, you know, I would go, but I don't want to get let down again. I know we're just going to get the fifth pick again, blah, 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 blah. Then I cannot tell you that night and since how many people I've run into and talked to that say, you know what? I was going to go to that draft lottery watch party and I didn't and I'll kick myself for the rest of my life because you guys had so much fun at that. I could tell blah, 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 blah. Now tonight, we partnered with the Magic and Michelob Ultra again for this season opening night draft party at Elixir. And I know there are people that are like, eh, maybe maybe I'll go, maybe I I won't go. That place was so electric tonight. The atmosphere in there was like being at a game. There were there were chants or people screaming. There's, I was yelling at the refs per usual. If you did not, Come to this. Do not let yourself miss another one, folks. I, this is not me exaggerating. I'm not being dramatic. This is not hyperbole. If you are not at these events, you are legitimately missing an incredible, electric, magic crowd, and it was so much fun. At one point, there's people walking on top of the bars. A kid hit his head, head on the fan. There was like a Michelob Ultra chugging contest. Kids pouring beer all over themselves. It was it was crazy. It was legitimately a party at halftime. We had to kind of. Reel these folks back in. Get them focused on the game again once the third quarter started. But it was just so much fun. Appreciate everybody that came out. Uh, it was really great just working with all the folks from the Magic. They are fantastic. Michelob Boltra, uh, the staff at Elixir was great. The Patty Melt. I know I've been talking about the Patty Melt. Luke, I got it. It was fantastic. I got the Patty Melt. Uh, Ben's uh, lovely fiance, Lexi, she got the Patty Melt. Philip Rossman Wright got the Patty Melt. <laughs> we were all in agreement that the Patty Melt was top tier. All right, so if you're ever at the Elixir, do yourself a favor and get the patty melt. All right, and the magic was big tonight, right? And stuff was there. I had no idea stuff was coming. uh, Bo Outlaw was there. It it was just a great night all around. It was so much fun. Now, the result of the game wasn't exactly what we wanted, but um, I would be remiss if if we didn't just talk about that. And before we really get into the conversation here, just want to remind everybody, coming up on Saturday, October 22nd it is, opening home opener for the Orlando Magic. Uh, Luke is going to be at Harry Buffalo around 6 o'clock. I'll be there a little bit after. We're going to hang out there from like 6 to like 6.30, 6.35, and then get our butts over to Amway for the game. So Harry Buffalo, the home opener, Saturday from 6 to 6.30, be there. Let's freaking talk about Paolo Vancaro. I cannot wait to talk about anything else. The fact that we lost this game and we're so conflicted about are we dying over this loss or are we just ecstatic at how Paolo looked? It's a really weird feeling, I have to admit. Yeah, I mean, shockingly,
2: I would say that the reason that we are conflicted and the reason that we're not really probably beating ourselves up over the loss is because we're not healthy. We, <laughs> I, and as, as, oh, you mean the team? Sucks.
1: You mean the team? I thought you meant us. No, I you, you and us.
2: I were humming, all right? No, the, the, the team, right? Like Cole Anthony, that whole weird thing that happened was apparently at shoot around, I believe, per Kobe Price. was that shoot around, and then they deemed that he had just an illness that he couldn't play? First, it was questionable, then it was ruled out. So on top of the obvious like looming questions of J. I. and Markel, we obviously knew they probably would not suit up tonight, you know, leading into today. But then the Cole Anthony thing, it's just hard not to play the game of what ifs of if those three guys are healthy. Magic win this game, like the Magic take a very young, also a team that in the Pistons that are going to over exceed expectation in my opinion, and based on what we saw tonight from Jaden Ivey, my goodness, like we're they're going to over exceed their expectations, just like I think the Magic will. You know, we've talked a lot about that over twenty six and a half. I this this game was a lot of fun. It didn't end the way that we wanted to, but. Again, if health wasn't in question for us. uh Cole Anthony plays tonight. Who knows how this goes? I don't think there's something to hang your head about. You're 0-1. It stinks to be 0-1. We'd much rather be 1-0 and looking ahead of games at games like Atlanta and Boston up next on on the docket. But at the same time, man, I think this team will compete. Much like last year, they will never give up. They showed that tonight as well. So there's, there's a lot that you can talk about. And like I said, I... Cannot wait to really flesh out just things that you took from it and I took
1: from it because we haven't gotten to talk about it. My takeaway is Paolo Bancaro. My okay, takeaway is fair. we are we are going to be absolutely fine. Paolo Bancaro, Franz Wagner, like we we're gonna be all right, folks. Like this loss sucked, and we're gonna like really get into the details of the game. But I just need to I need to take a couple of minutes and just like gush over Paolo Bancaro. If you don't want to hear that, you're gonna need to fast forward a few minutes here. But the kid is just special, and it was on full display tonight. 27 points, he played 35 minutes, led the entire team, by the way. 27 points, which also led the team, by the way. 11 of 18 from the floor, 5 of 7 from the free throw line. 9 rebounds, 5 assists, 2 blocks. First of all, he had a chase down block that on Killian Hayes. Yeah. What happened to the fact that this kid wasn't going to be able to defend in the NBA? What happened to the fact that he was just going to be like a defensive cone and just wasn't going to give any effort on that floor? I knew that was complete crap from day 1. But let me let me just let me let me give you some stats here, okay? Paolo Bancaro is the first number 1 overall pick with 25 points in their NBA debut since LeBron James in 2003. He's only the fifth player since the NBA ABA merger and again, the first player since LeBron James In their rookie debut, to record at least 25 points, five rebounds, five assists in their NBA debut. And again, Paolo did us a little bit better than that in the rebound department with nine rebounds. Since 1969, only three number one overall picks have dropped 25 points, five rebounds, and five assists in their NBA debut. It's Kareem Abdul Jabbar, LeBron James, and Paolo Bancaro. That seems good. I don't Um, know. That seems good. I'm not saying he's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'm not saying he's LeBron James, but you could not have asked for a better NBA debut. And right now, that's all that we have to go off of. Yeah, he was incredible. He killed Corey Joseph. Like <laughs> Corey Joseph, they're they're like, he, he. I don't know. I don't know what happened to him after that dunk, but Paolo Banquero destroyed Corey Joseph. On that fast break, Duncan, it was incredible. I mean, like buckets down the stretch to keep us in this game. He he just looked every bit the part of a future NBA superstar tonight.
2: There was one point where he filled the lane, obviously, perfectly. Down one, 35 seconds left in the game. He and RJ, uh, I believe it was he and RJ double teamed. Um, Jaden Ivey, I want to say. Our, and then Palo... Fills the lane down the middle, gets the ball. Uh oh, sorry, actually, what I'm thinking, I'm thinking about a different one. So RJ and Palo on that play, double team on Ivy with like one and a half minutes left in the game. They magic were down five. Palo lays it in to cut it to three. But then down three, Palo gets the rebound, goes coast to coast for the lay-in, uh for the layup to cut it to one with 35 seconds left. Sure. There was man one I thought. Yes. There were multiple plays down the stretch where Paolo you looked at him and you're like, "Dude, how long have you been in the league because it looks like you've been here for a very long time. Don't get me wrong. there were some times where he went down the lane and just got the ball poked out when he was trying to go up for some you know go up for a layup um he was very aggressive, obviously, something the magic have have needed for a very long time when it comes to just being able to get to the free throw line we've alluded to this as well led the team uh and in free throw attempts with seven went five of seven. I'm not going to complain about five for seven by any means, especially from Paolo, a rookie in game one, just looked like he was doing the little things. And like I also said, just filling the lane correctly. A lot of things that a lot of rookies lose in the midst of the game. Paolo seemed to have a tight grasp on and, and just continue to do it right place, right time. It's how he scores. The first, or he scores a bucket very early in the game. I think it was honestly the magic second bucket of the game. He scores the first, not a bad way to start your NBA career. You score your team's first points of the season uh, in the, in the paint. Then you're in the right place, right time, able to get an easy lay in. I believe it was, or maybe dunk for a second bucket of the game. He was just, like I said, dominated the simple and, and was able to do that, do those things. And as Mosley calls it level up, like he was very good aside from four turnovers he had five assists though he's it was his first game he looked incredible
1: again like you just you look at the the stat line you know 27 points on 18 shots you mentioned the the seven free throw attempts that is something that the de- the magic have desperately needed for years and years is somebody that can consistently get to the free throw line but just didn't even attempt a single three-pointer tonight which is really 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 impressive so just full display just everything that you could want out of a number one overall pick and what the magic have just desperately needed for so long is just like a guy that if you give him the ball he's going to be able to go and get you a bucket and we're we're just this crowd is at elixir and we especially the dunk like i thought the roof was about to come off the place with the palo's dunk and then Jalen Suggs, like the the three point shooting spree in the third quarter, place was going crazy for that, that too. Crazy. It's just even with the loss, there were enough encouraging signs from this game, mainly Paolo Bancaro, that just makes you feel like, okay, the hardest thing to do in the NBA is to to find a superstar. If you have a superstar, you can you can build around them. You can figure the rest out. That is the hardest part. That is what the Magic have struggled with for the last ten years, is just getting a superstar, and one game in. Like early returns, I know, I know we're getting super excited and you know exaggerating, but this is that's what this podcast is for, folks. Let's not (laughs) kid ourselves. Paolo Bancaro looks the part of a future NBA superstar. We just put him in in the conversation with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and LeBron James. Like one game in, I'm good.
2: Do you know the last time I received text from non-Magic fans about the Magic game going on right then that they were like paying attention to it? it? It's been. Maybe never, like quite frankly, maybe never. I didn't. I don't even know if I had a phone when we were going to the finals with Dwight Howard. Like, I, I, maybe I did. Regardless, I was not receiving texts from anybody about it. Incredible, from Paolo Bancaro, giving me a reason to like. Even if this team gets off to a little bit of a rocky start here, you've got three or two really tough opponents in the next two. I don't even remember who was after that, but. You could see a way that this team could be zero and three, but nevertheless, I don't. It doesn't matter. I'm still going to turn on my TV because I want to see Paolo Bancaro play, and that's what the Magic have been missing for so so long.
1: I completely agree. Pa- I, like I could literally sit here all night and talk about Paolo Bancaro and just how excited we are, but we need to talk about the rest of this game. All right, so let's let's kind of jump into this. So the Magic lose one thirteen to one hundred nine to the Detroit Pistons. Start the game, you're down six to two. The Magic go on a nineteen to zero run. I don't remember the last time the Magic went on a nineteen to zero run, um, but you start to build a lead in that first quarter. You're leading at, at the end of the first quarter, twenty eight to seventeen. And as good as the Magic looked in that first quarter, they looked is equally terrible in the second quarter, getting outscored twenty seven to forty. I believe they were down five uh, going into the half. But just really, the story in this game for the Magic is just in terms of like rebounding, and it's really just uh, Detroit's offensive rebounding. The Magic out rebound the Pistons 48 to 41, but 12 offensive rebounds uh, for the Detroit Pistons. Magic just fouling, uh, twenty-three personal fouls in this game for the Magic, which led to twenty-four free throws for the Detroit Pistons, and then the turnovers—eighteen turnovers for the Magic to Detroit's twelve. Um, that was really the entire story. I mean, if you look at the primary ball handlers, you know, in that first half, Franz Wagner five turnovers, Jalen Suggs four turnovers, Paolo also had four turnovers. I'm, I really don't want to hate on Palo Bancara tonight, so I'm not going to get on the <laughs> rookie for his first game with four turnovers. But I think I noticed this uh, the other night when we played Cleveland. I think it was Karis Levert that was almost picking up Franz at full court at times. And with that kind of pressure, Franz was really bothered. And th- that was when, to me, I was like, okay, if we're going to be running Franz a lot at the point, he might struggle a little bit to to get into his rhythm with like a lot of ball pressure like this, and he struggled with it tonight. You know, five turnovers, Jalen Suggs four turnovers. You know, like Jalen Suggs at this point, like turnovers are just a part of his game. Um, but yeah, it was just the team, you know, being sloppy with the ball, getting the ball poked away, um, errant passes, uh, eighteen turnovers. You're getting beat on the offensive glass. You're you're fouling way too much. Like those are all recipes for disaster. But the good news, Luke, is to me those are all issues that are fairly like easily fixed like rebounding is just positioning putting putting your body on a man when the ball goes up right like how many times do we see guys just running straight to the rim for an offensive rebound tonight it was at least a handful of times
2: yeah yeah i'm that was definitely the most alarming to me like just it didn't if you look at it right like they pistons the magic had 10 offensive rebounds um out rebounded the pistons 38 to 29 on the defensive glass it just felt like the Pistons, with their 12 offensive rebounds, got those at the most opportune times. The Magic had a chance to either carry momentum or shift momentum. And the next thing you know, you, you're looking at the Pistons getting an offensive rebound. There was one moment in particular that, like, kind of in my notes, I labeled a, a backbreaking moment for this team. Um, and it was where, uh, let me, let me, let me find which one I want to look at here. Cause I, I have a few listed, but when, uh, we're down to with four minutes to go. Um, and then there was that sequence where Cade gets the rebound. Um, he has a oop attempt to Durn, Durn misses it. Ivy gets the long rebound and then draws the blocking foul on Jalen for that. And one on the finish. That was just one example where it just seemed like the magic just maybe weren't in position, got a little bit unlucky with that long rebound to Jaden Ivy, but you got to put a body on them, not give up on that and, and just go. Like I know it's the NBA. I know that, you know, players absolutely take plays off, but in the pivotal moments and those opportune times, you have got to learn to put a body on somebody to prevent the offensive rebound. And it just seemed that even though the Pistons didn't do that by, Huge numbers and big difference. They still did it, like I said, at the most opportune times. And it was backbreaking for the Magic.
1: The Magic shoot 48% in this game, 36% from the three-point line. Uh, The Pistons 42% and uh, 36.8. So virtually the same. Magic were 11 of 30. uh, Detroit 14 of 38. So they make a few more threes there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you out rebound a team and you shoot better from the floor, and you still lose the game, really because of fouling and and turnovers. And like you said, those offensive rebounds for the Pistons really did come at the most opportune times. And that sequence, you know, especially that you described, really did feel like a backbreaker. But the crazy thing is, the Magic are still in this game until like the the near end. Uh, Paolo just didn't really do a, a good job of of keeping Cade in front of him on on really the the like the 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 possession that killed us. Cade Cunningham gets around Paolo. Wendell kind of comes over to help defend Cade, and at that point it's like either give Cade a wide-open layup or you're giving Isaiah Stewart a wide-open three, which up to that point, Isaiah Stewart was zero of three from the three-point line. Every time he was taking one of those, I'm like, the Magic will give you that all day. Like If that's what's going to beat us, then so be it. And in the most Magic fashion ever, that's just the best way that I can describe this, Is Isaiah Stewart open for three to put them up four? You know, in the final minute of the game, and sure enough, freaking Isaiah Stewart hits that three. Wouldn't you know it? Well, you know, the Magic still did a a good you know job of of you know staying in this game down the stretch and you know making it tough, but um, really they just they ended up running out of time here. Uh, So, encouraging signs. Obviously, you know we talk about Paolo. You know, twenty-seven points, but looking at Franz, twenty points, eight of eighteen from the floor—not his most efficient night. This is one of the most visibly frustrated you know games I've seen from Franz in that first half, like with the turnovers, he he was like really getting annoyed. Um, And then I don't know about you, I felt like this was one of the worst Wendell games that we've seen in a while. And looking at the stat sheet, you wouldn't say that—eleven points, eleven rebounds, five of eight from the floor—but he just didn't seem like the same like connector offensively. And he didn't really to me seem like the same like presence defensively either. I felt like, you know, especially him, you know, I think there were uh, a couple of offensive rebounds. Um, let's see, yeah, Jalen Dern, five offensive rebounds. And when they were in the game, like that was really Wendell's assignment. And it just seemed like he was missing, like really getting the body on Jalen Dern. And Dern was just getting a, a free run to the rim getting those offensive rebounds. I mean, he finishes with 14 points, 10 rebounds in his rookie debut, three blocks as well. That kid's going to be really good. But, you know, it's it's a frustrating loss because, you know, you look at the schedule and you say, you know, if the Magic want to be a play-in team, this is a game that they have to win. But all things considered, I still feel pretty good because, like, the Magic didn't play particularly well in this game and we're still in it at the very end. But they have a lot to clean up, like the rebounding. To me, that should be like a couple of days of drills, and the rebounding should not be an issue. Like we know Wendell is a good rebounder, we know Franz can be a good rebounder. Paolo showed tonight that he can be a good rebounder. I think that's going to be fine. The turnovers, the more that these guys play together, um, the the more that Mosley really gets like these lineups kind of locked down. No Cole Anthony tonight was a massive deal. Anybody that thinks otherwise is just super mistaken because apart from you know Jalen Suggs and you know Franz trying to be the the ball handler they really missed Cole like helping facilitate the offense tonight I thought yeah yeah well
2: all it takes is one look at the box score at the bench unit to see that just replacing one of those guys with Cole Anthony like giving one of his you know those minutes to Cole makes a huge difference in this game Jonathan you look at it You had Chuma Okiki played 18 minutes, went 0 of 3 from the field. Caleb Houston, 22 minutes, 0 of 3 from the field. Um, RJ Hampton plays 11 minutes. He gets some run in the second half just due to kind of some scenarios, which was probably the biggest surprise for me for the night is that it took till the second half to get RJ in the game. Um, I thought RJ did fine with the the minutes that he got, right? Like 11 minutes, 5 points, uh, 2 assists, 4 rebounds. Whatever, right? The only one in the bench unit with with a positive plus or minus. Um, so I, you plug Cole into any of those spots, really, and I think this game has a different outcome. Like you said, you just miss that that presence of just someone being familiar enough to run the offense, but also have the handles to not commit silly turnovers and get pressured and make the wrong play. So don't get me wrong, Cole Anthony isn't perfect when it comes to running the offense, but at the same time, I'd rather him over the guys that we saw tonight run the offense. So just having him in as another body would have been
1: refreshing too. I mean, Mo Bamba, you know, in 12 minutes, 0-5 from the floor, 0-4 from the three-point line, two rebounds, one assist. Like, that's just not going to be good enough. Like, if Mo wants minutes this year, and he doesn't want all of his minutes to be taken by Bull Bull, which... I mean we can hey. I think just that's just gonna be an ongoing conversation. It looks like that's very possible. Uh you know, bowl bull seventeen minutes tonight, ten points, uh six rebounds, a block. You know, he was making impactful plays tonight. Chuma O'Kiki in almost eighteen minutes, zero of three from the floor, four rebounds, one assist. Uh RJ Hampton, like you said, you know, five points, two assists, no turnovers though. Like that's that's the big thing for me from RJ is just play under control and And don't hurt the team. And Jamal Mosley talked about the fact that, you know, once Jalen got in foul trouble and, you know, Franz was looking a little bit tired and was having some issues, you know, with ball handling and with the turnovers, he brought RJ in in the second half just as like another secondary ball handler, just to take the load off of some of these other guys. But when when we look at this team tonight, no Cole Anthony, we know the other guys that were missing, no Gary Harris, no Markel Fultz, no Jonathan Isaac, no Mo Wagner. And we look at Detroit. I mean, the only guy on their roster that I think is really going to be getting rotation minutes that didn't play tonight is Nerlens Noel. And honestly, when you look at Isaiah Stewart and you look at Jalen Duren, Nerlens Noel actually might not get rotation minutes for the Pistons this year if those guys play the way that they did tonight. So,
2: yeah, it sucks also, that Alec it's a Burks. loss. I, I don't want to.
1: Yeah. I'm sorry.
2: Alec Burks was the other one that that plays for for them, but he wasn't there tonight.
1: Yeah, that's weird. He's not even listed on the the box scores. So that's why I forgot about good old Alex Burks. Yeah, he'll probably crack the rotation. But I mean, I don't think he's making a a massive difference the way that I think guys like Cole Anthony and Markel Fultz will for us. Another thing that I thought the Magic were were missing tonight, especially in the second quarter when things started to get out of control, they looked like they got panicked and just kind of sped up. They didn't have like a calming presence on the floor. Like Franz is very good. Paolo's very good. Wendell's very good. Those guys are going to get there. But when things start to go wrong, this lineup tonight did not have somebody that's just going to bring everybody in and be like, yo, let's calm down, let's do what we do well, and let's get back in this game. I think Cole Anthony would have went a long way in that regard tonight, but especially a guy like Markel Fultz, another guy like Gary Harris, just to come in and just calm everybody down, just be a calming presence on the floor for the Magic. And especially in the second quarter, I thought they really needed that. We didn't talk about Jalen Suggs. I mean, Jalen Suggs, 21 points, 8 of 11 from the floor, 4 of 6 from the three-point line. We did talk about the turnovers. 18 of those 21 points came in the third quarter. Jalen had a a pretty big spurt. where I don't know what it was. Was it three or four threes in a row out of Suggs? Let's see. One, two, three. Yeah, four threes in a row out of Jalen Suggs. And honestly... If not for that spurt in the third quarter, the Magic probably lose this game by like 15. So they were very much still in this game because of Jalen Suggs just going crazy in the third quarter. And now I'm not saying he's going to go four of six from the three-point line every night. I don't think that's the case. But we've been, I've been begging every basketball god imaginable since the end of the season that Jalen Suggs would at least shoot over 30% from the three-point line this year. The next thing for him is just going to be to get the turnovers. And the fouls. We can't have you fouling out, especially down Cole Anthony already. Jalen Suggs fouling out just was maybe just like one of the final blows for this team to end up losing this game, not being able to mount the comeback tonight.
2: Yeah. Well, the other thing about Suggs is that I believe – so he finishes the game with four turnovers. I think he had at one point four turnovers, zero assists, or three turnovers, zero assists. Something to that effect. He ends the game with three assists and four turnovers, so he was able to kind of get his footing. Either he went, you know, he was you know three to zero ratio of turno- assist to turnovers, or uh, three to one. Regardless, he got it together, and then in that third quarter, he was able to obviously make his presence felt. What was going on,
1: dude? I, I don't know. I could not I don't believe. Know what I was watching and it got, I mean, we the saw point, it last year against the nets. Yeah. Like we, we saw it once last year.
2: You're right. But, it but was it's a, crazy a, to it see it crazy. in the first game of the season where, like you said, we've been hoping that he can just be an average, even just slightly below average three point shooter. <laughs> he, uh, I put in my notes, four minutes left in the third Suggs hits the three that starts his out of body experience. And it cut the lead to seven Suggs takes and makes. And I put Suggs takes and makes his third three he knew it was going in, and then I put he pimped it and cuts it to eight with uh, like a minute and a half left in that third quarter. You knew it was going in. I knew it was going in. He dribbled that way. He dribbled in a circle. It felt like real quick and then got free and shot the ball. And you knew it was going in because he puts his hand up and then he just lets his wide base go out. And he just sits there and just watches it go in with his hands followed in the follow through. I could not believe what I was watching, especially since of how because of how mad he made me in the first half. I was so mad at Jalen in the first half from the the turnovers he had in the third quarter and totally redeem yourself. Having 18 in the third quarter and and shooting, having, you know, being able to shoot like that. That's huge. in game one of a season for a second year player who needs confidence. He spoke to it. That like mentally, he just doesn't feel like he might maybe was there. I believe that was at media day. Correct me yeah. if I'm wrong. But if that's what the guy is struggling with, and then he has a game like this where he's just letting it all hang out in the third quarter, and he's shooting anything and everything, it was ridiculous. I hated that it was things to, you know, he cuts it to five, and then he his last three, I believe, or one of the last ones that he made in that quarter, cuts it to eight. That was unfortunate, and it really kind of made it not as enjoyable, but it was still like... What is happening?
1: Yeah, eighteen points, seven of nine from the floor, four of five from the three point line in the third. It was just like Elixir was going crazy. I can I, I wish it was an amway, man. That would be so much fun to we'll experience a, a shooting performance like that. But yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy. Like, yeah, there are like good takeaways, things that you can take away, like positives from this game. But then when you look at it and you're like, Yeah, if Jalen Suggs doesn't score eighteen points, in the third quarter, then the Magic's total would have been ten. They scored twenty-eight in the third without Jalen. They scored ten. I mean, a guy's feeling it like that. You are just giving him the ball and, and tell him to shoot. But I don't think we're gonna see many four of six, you know, shooting from Jalen Suggs, especially four in a row in one quarter. Um, yeah. But like you said, like even if he's slightly below average, it would be a, a massive improvement, you know, upon last year. So that was a ton of fun. Last thing I want to talk about from this game. Six-man Caleb Houston. I think there's something to this that, like, obviously Cole Anthony wasn't in the game, so Caleb's the first guy in off the bench because the starting lineup was going to be Cole Anthony, Terrence Ross, Franz, Paolo, Wendell, and then Cole with, you know, whatever kind of illness. I don't know what's going on there. Hopefully he's able to go on Friday. Um, But Jalen Suggs gets put into the starting lineup. I was actually pretty... Pretty interested to see what Jalen was going to look like off the bench. I can't lie. I, I really want was looking forward to seeing that. But without that, Caleb Houston, first guy in off the bench, that was a little bit surprising, I must say. Didn't look great in his rookie debut. 21 minutes, uh, zero points, three rebounds, one block. Again, 0-3 from the floor, 0-2 from the three-point line. It's a rookie debut for a second-round pick. I don't want to go crazy. Still think he has a lot of potential. But that was interesting. I don't think we see that again, but if he's even like the second or third guy off the bench, that's that's something. yeah, I don't know if it's we'll anything, s- but it's definitely something.
2: We'll see and I, I it was it was surprising, right? There was a lot of things in the rotation that happened tonight that from from obviously that standpoint, just a weird start with Cole in general, and then RJ playing uh, whatever 11 minutes, whatever he ended up at in the second half. I wanted to make a note as well. You know, we obviously know that the second quarter was bad. But I think that what is maybe overlooked is the fact that this offense scored over 100 points, which is something that did not come easy. Uh, last season in general, had some times where that just was hard to get to. The Magic scored 28 in the first, 27 in the second, 28 in the third, and 26 in the fourth. Very consistent offensively. You just can't give up. 40 points in the second and even 34 in the third is high. So, I mean, in the first and fourth quarter, first quarter, you hold them to 17, fourth quarter, you hold them to 22. So just gotta, I mean, you have to tie it all together. It's, it's the other half of the game. You have to play defense. And, but the encouraging part for me is that just the offense was good. Like the, the offense was able to pull something out of anywhere, whether it was Palo just consistently being steady and, and and, really going off quarter to quarter um, or Jalen going, you know, nuclear in the third quarter. So the magic were able to pull offense from somewhere. That's a large part of this game going to be the large part of this game. Moving forward as a young team, you're going to deal with turnovers game to game. But if you can find offense like the magic, we're able to find it tonight and just play a little bit more defense. It's, it's a fun season. It's not just a fun season. It's a, it's a good season.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
1: Now, Jamal Mosley has talked about the fact that it's going to, like the lineups are going to, the rotation's going to be fluid for a little bit, that like the, you know, the rotations aren't set in stone. Right now, um, w- one of the lineups that just like really jumped out to a lot of people, this Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter, Bull Bull, Franz Wagner, Caleb Houston lineup that only played two minutes together, um, but they had a negative 50 net rating. Um, this other lineup that played five minutes t- together, so I think is at least a, a little bit better of a sample size. Mo Bamba, Bull Bull, Chuma Okiki, Franz Wagner, Caleb Houston, just like these massive lineups. That was also a negative 51.5 net rating. The best uh, lineup that the Magic played tonight that played like significant minutes together was that. Well, actually, no, it was Terrence, Wendell, RJ, Franz and Paolo. Uh, They had a uh, 44 net rating. They had a 111 offensive rating and a 66.7 defensive rating. Um, That starting lineup, Terrence, Wendell, Jalen, Paolo, Franz. Had a 112.9 offensive rating and 96.7 defensive rating, which was good for a 16.2 net rating. So I'm not trying to draw like any big conclusions from these net ratings one game in when these lineups have played two, five, four, 15 minutes together. I don't want to draw any massive conclusions, but um, tonight at least, like the jumbo lineup. Did not work tonight. It, it, it was just really, really clunky. Without a primary ball handler, you know, like a Cole or a or Markell or even a RJ or a Jalen, I just think this team is going to struggle at least a little bit until we're to the point where Franz is more comfortable and, and Paolo is more comfortable because I think the more tape that teams get on Franz as the primary ball handler, they're going to realize if you can get a smaller guard on him that's just going to like get up inside of him, uh, right now, he seems to be struggling with that. I'm sure he can figure it out, but it wasn't great against Cleveland uh, with Karis LeVert, and um, it wasn't great tonight either. So, um, But again, your Orlando Magic lose the first game of the season, 113-109 to to the Detroit Pistons. Now they're on their way to Atlanta. We'll see them on Friday. Um, Kevin and I will be there. He's driving over from Savannah. I'm flying up to Atlanta. We'll uh, be at that Atlanta game. So looking forward to that. And then, of course, on Saturday is going to be the home opener. Luke, did you? I wanted, I meant to ask you this a minute ago. Did you notice Mosley like a little bit more? I don't want to say, I don't want to say hot tempered, but I don't really have a better phrase for it right now. Just like way more annoyed at any point that we saw him last year, where he was just kind of like, oh, it is what it is last year, and just like this overly like positive guy. Tonight, he was like visibly frustrated, I thought. I thought that was interesting.
2: Yeah, I think that it all really goes boils down to the fact that this team is not just focused on developing players anymore. We heard it from the front office last year, right? It was all about developing. This year, it's about winning basketball games. And I think anytime you're trying to win, your competitive side comes out. We've seen Mosley talk that talk to guys like LeBron James when he was on the bench, right? Like, we know Mosley gets fired up. So we know it's in there. We've seen him on some occasions get to that point where he is fired up about just everything in general going on with the game. But I I think we're going to see it a lot more this season. I think Mosley is going to come into his own kind of like how we've also made, you know, I know you made the observation last year on pod squad. You know, Mosley was just a little bit more like not professional, but, you know, buttoned up and then he was able to joke around with the guys on Pod squad this year. He is just more comfortable. And I think that is going to seep into more than just interviews. I think that he is going to be that, that voice on the sideline that maybe these guys need that tough love. He, he maybe it's a little bit of good cop, bad cop probably played a lot of good cop last year. And Moses is going to play bad cop this year. And I can't wait for it. I want him to want to win games. I want him to hate losing Because he knows that he now has a product on the court, and he has a guy like Paolo Bancaro that makes winning that much easier to make happen. It is not easy to win games in the NBA, so I think Mosley's going to feel that, and he's going to want to win games. And he the game. Let's face it. Also, games against the guys like the Pistons, who were in the same tier as you last year, you want to win those games. You want to know that you're out of that tanking territory. And and it does suck to lose this game. And I completely understand why Jamal Mosley was felt that way.
1: You know, they've been talking about accountability and leveling up like really since the end of last season. And I think that's part of it. Like Mosley's like, all right, guys, like we had last year where it was all about like development. Now we want to try to win games. And he's you know holding the guys to a higher standard, it seems like. So I really like seeing that out of Jamal. Um, and he seemed annoyed in the the post game you know, press conference. They wanted to win that game, and that's really encouraging because last year it was like, whew, we almost beat the Pistons, guys!" Like we 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 escaped that one. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, but just looking forward. All right, we have a Shack jersey to give away. So mm-hmm. first of all, just want to thank everybody uh, that entered. Uh, it's really great, like getting everyone's opinions, which were like overwhelmingly positive. like I really thought we were going to get a lot of people like, oh, we're still tanking, we're going to suck. I would say for the most part, people have the Magic winning between like 34 and 40 wins, which makes me feel really good about my 26 and a half, you know, the, the over bet on the Magic win total for the year. But without further ado, a little, uh, little drum roll here. The winner of the Orlando Magic uh, signed Shaquille O'Neal jersey is M underscore Raheem 83. M Raheem 83. Send us an email at sixth man PC at gmail.com. Again, that's sixth S I X T H sixth man PC at gmail.com. We're going to make sure you are who you say you are. So be ready to prove your identity. M Raheem 83, but congratulations. I uh, really appreciate this. And thanks again to everybody um, that entered this. Thanks to everybody um, that just helped make this possible, all of our listeners and all of our supporters. We want to continue to do giveaways like this in the future, like, you know, somewhat periodically. So uh, really appreciate everybody uh, that entered in this giveaway. And congrats to MRahim83. Hit us up so that we can shout or ship, rather, that jersey out to you. And then let's shout out our patrons, Luke. Let's go ahead and do that here. We've got quite a few new patrons here. I don't know if that has anything to do with the fact that I said we had a special giveaway coming up for our patrons here in the future, but I am certainly not going to complain at all. We've got some new patrons. um, So if you're not aware, we do have a Patreon channel where you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Starting at $2 a month, uh, you can just help support the show. And then we also have other tiers where you can get more benefits as well, like access to our Discord channel um, and monthly Zoom, uh, exclusive Zoom meetings. Where we just get on and we hang out. We talk Orlando Magic basketball with our Hall of Fame tier patrons. And then we shout out our brand new patrons every single episode. So I'm going to do that right now. So shout out, uh, first of all, Zico, who's been um, a patron of ours for quite a while, actually, who went annual. So if you go annual instead of going like the month-to-month membership, you save yourself 15% on the entire year. Uh, So Zico uh, in our all-star tier decided that he was just going to go for the entire year. So Zico, we really, really appreciate that. And then our new patrons, all-star in the all-star tier, Sam Sam the Magic Man. Uh, all-star tier, Dan Hicks. Bill Fulton with the annual Hall of Fame. The massive annual Hall of Fame um, tier for the for the Patreon here. Uh, Edmund Liggins, who subscribed to our Hall of Fame tier. And then Jose Esquielen. I hope I said that right. I met him tonight at Elixir. Really, really nice guy. He joined our Hall of Fame tier. And then our boy Gabe Gaines went from the, all of, the all-star tier to the Hall of Fame tier. So a lot of stuff going on with the Patreon this week. Really, really appreciate everyone's support. And then we also always shout out all of our Hall of Fame to your patrons. So let's start by shouting out Court Cousins, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Bailey, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Salapong, Franz, Go to the Show, Ryan Singh, The Distract, Luke's Mom, I'm Ron Burgundy, Pierre A, Migzors, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Lil Penny, Drum, Danimal, Duddo 15, Bobby Skinner. Nate Donnelly, Goaty93, who was also at Elixir tonight. Really nice meeting you, my brother. Teddy Sylvia, Breadhead, Brian Leggins, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Geraldo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Ligon, and Jose Esquilin. Thank you guys so much for your support. It allows us to do literally every single thing that we do. We couldn't do it without you guys. Luke, coming up on Friday at Atlanta, we're going to take on the Hawks, Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, and those boys and then Saturday, the home opener versus the Boston Celtics. We talked about the fact that we will be at Harry Buffalo, the scene of the crime from the NBA Draft Lottery watch party. Place is always going to be very, very special to me, but we'll be there from 6 to 6.30 on Saturday night before uh, we play the Boston Celtics. Um, has your prediction changed at all of uh, what the Magic are going to do with this week? We said 2-1, I think. Yep, yeah, We lost I, I the said first we, one.
2: I said we would lose the first one. And then we'd win the next two. So if I'm right, that would be nice. And if I'm right, it probably is because Cole Anthony is playing and Paolo Bancaro, maybe, maybe he gives us a, a 30, 30 piece next time. So that 27, yeah. I, anything's possible with this kid. I don't care. I don't care what anybody says. He didn't even take a freaking three tonight. And he still had 27. It doesn't matter. I mean the kid, he hits a couple threes. Thirty points is absolutely in the run.
1: It's going to be crazy because you can tell. Obviously, he didn't take any tonight. Um, you, you can. We all knew that he was going to need to develop in that regard. But again, I just like when you put anybody—the only person to do this in their rookie debut since LeBron James—like, really, really good. Only three number one overall picks since 1969 and have dropped 25 points, five rebounds, five assists in their debut. Kareem, LeBron James, Paolo Bancaro. Him, Timothy Bancaro. Mm-hmm. Like, just so excited about this kid, and we we've just been waiting for a superstar for so long, and to see the kid lead the team in minutes, uh, tie for the lead in field goal attempts, lead them in scoring, lead them in free throw attempts. Like to me, that's that's <laughs> honestly the biggest thing. Five of seven from the free throw line tonight. We lost 15 games last year by six or less points. Yeah, get to the strike. Five free throws get you, you know, most of the way there. Also,
2: so- for those of you that might have missed it, like I might have missed it when Jonathan was listing Palo stats earlier, Palo played 35 minutes tonight, which is great. It's awesome to hear. You saw it at Duke last year where he was like sweating out pounds from his body great to see that not happening anymore they've got that under control but the fact that he's playing 35 minutes first game ready to go leading the team in minutes i think he was playing like anywhere from like 18 to 25 in preseason so just really good to see that he's even capable of you know running those 35 minutes and
1: be highly productive in the process i and physical i can't wait it feels good if anything tonight was encouraging i know we didn't get the win but I don't know how you can look, especially at that tandem of Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner and not think that the future is like incredibly bright. Like we had Bill Simmons tweeting out that he thought that Pistons magic was one of the you know most watchable opening nights since LeBron and Dwayne Wade on the Heat played you know, Boston back in what was that? 2010. He called it one of the most watchable opening night games in a long time. Said that Paolo Bancaro already looks like an all NBA guy, even though he's not trying to overreact. I mean, if, if if the trajectory tracks with Paolo Bancaro, we do have an All NBA player on our hands, and that's super exciting to think about. Um, and yeah, I just I hope it I hope it becomes true. I hope it comes to fruition because we need it so badly. We deserve it, man. Tonight was really cool, like getting to meet a lot of our listeners at Elixir, and just everybody's so like positive right now and excited about this team. It's it's something. It's honestly, it's something that I'm not used to. And the sentiment, you know, you, myself, Kevin, we all talked about this, that it really sucks that we lost, but we're not crushed because of how good Paolo looked. It's it's a weird it's a weird feeling to have, man. But I, I hope this feeling lasts forever. But I hope it actually translates into wins. I hope we're not just always like, oh, we lost, but at least we have Paolo Pancaro because after a while, I'm sure that's going to get old. But anything else, Luke?
2: No, I'm, uh, I'm excited for, for Friday and Saturday. We got uh we got a fun weekend ahead of us.
1: I'm excited for Friday and Saturday. It's going to be a a great, you know, end of the week here. I'll be so much more excited on Saturday if we win on Friday. If we lose on Friday, <laughs> I'm going to be a little bit concerned about Saturday, I've got to say. Especially with yeah. so many Celtics fans being there. I've heard that it's like going to be 60-40 Celtics fans on Saturday. That's an estimation. That's 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 what I've heard. I'm not going to give up my source. But that's what I've heard. So if you're a Magic fan right now on the fence about going to that game, hit Ticketmaster, hit SeatGeek, whatever you got to do to get tickets to this game. And if you're going to be there, make sure you make a lot of noise. Let's let's make the Celtics uncomfortable. Let's take the Amway back. Let's make it a real home court advantage for our Magic because they deserve it. And uh, let's just hope Seattle never gets an expansion team, at least for not like the next 30, 40 years. We yep. need Paolo Bancaro in Orlando for a long time. That is going to do it for us, folks. We appreciate everything from all of you. Thank you so much. Uh, for Luke, Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You've been listening to The Sixth Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Let's go Magic! Let's go
3: Magic! Let's go Magic! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.